Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. Welcome to another Sunday night, The Naughty Rude Show. We are so excited to have you on, uh, to be chatting to you all things sex, relationships, identity. Uh, We'll be with you for the next couple of hours and we've got a jam-packed show coming up with you with lots of discussion topics. My name is Dana. Um, I am 23, cis female identifying, and I have three other co-hosts in the show and in the studio here with me today. Hello, I'm Kash, I'm 20 years old, um, also identify as female, straight, single. Amazing. (laughs) Which will be obvious in the show, um, I guess. Yeah. Um, Hey, I'm Evie, I'm 24, I'm trans feminine. And so my pronouns are she, hers, or they, theirs, and I'm bisexual. I'm Abby, I'm 22, I'm feminine, non-binary, and use she, hers, or they, them pronouns, Um, and I'm pansexual and poly. Yeah, and me and Abby are dating each other. Yeah. (laughs) And all the people, both of us. Yeah. Incredible, which we're going to come to later on the show. Very excited about that segment. We do have um, some really interesting things to chat about with you all today. Um, starting off with, uh, we want to talk about about grooming, about what that means in different cultures and different social situations. We've got things coming up about kinks and sex toys, how to introduce them into relationships. Blast from the past, who hit, who's hit you up lately online and... Um, Got re- kind of reconnected after a bit of time away. Um, should we jump straight in? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but first, to hit things off, we have got uh, the first song coming up. It's Lady Powers by Vera Blue, and this will need a language warning. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Sin Nation, The Naughty Rich Show. Hey, you're listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. We just heard Lady Powers by Vera Blue. And for yeah, to begin with, tonight we're going to be talking about grooming and yeah, hair removal and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, for that, we're going to go back over to Dana. And Yeah, I just yeah. thought if you do have any questions throughout the show, don't forget, jump on Tumblr oh, and give us a shout out. Right. Um, the Naughty Rude Show uh, dot Tumblr, spelled T-U-M-B-L-R dot com forward slash ask. Jump on there. You can also find us on Facebook at The Naughty Rude Show. So we'd love to hear your feedback, love to hear your questions. If you've got anything you want to ask us, we are all up and all in, ready to answer those as well. But you're right, Evie, I did want to jump in straight away and talk about, you know, grooming and social expectations and that kind of thing because I think it affects... Well, I know personally it's affected my life since, you know, I sort of hit high school. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the practice of what they've called online body depilation, which is the removal... Yeah, it does, (laughs) which, to be honest, it is. Um, The removal of body hair from the neck down, and they said that it has been practised for artistic, medical and cultural reasons throughout, like, the ages and different civilizations and cultures and that kind of thing. And I found out that it actually goes back to the ancient Egyptian times where they used, like, pumice stones and beeswax and sugar-based waxes 
to remove body hair and then it went on to you know the the middle ages where you know the queens were removing their facial hair including their eyebrows to make their foreheads look bigger so it goes back a long long way and I wanted to ask you guys because in my experience it's always been um, you know there's been huge social influences um, and we were talking earlier that maybe like porn had a huge influence on how um, anyone is expected to present themselves in regards to body yeah. hair in today's mm. day and age. What mm. do you think? I think socially as well. I went to an all-girls high school and I just remember being, I don't know, maybe 15 and, my, and wearing like PE shorts and my friend next to me is like, you need to shave your legs. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and that sort of uh, like peer-to-peer pressure, I guess. And like I'm still friends with the girl. Like, you know, she's... She, that's not something hopefully someone would say today like no one has ever said that to me since but um yeah I think being raised as as teens or whatever to sort of that's the norm yeah I it's interesting like coming from the perspective of being trans like I have a strong kind of dysphoric relationship with body hair a lot of the time where Mm -hmm. it's a yeah, hey, body hair makes me very uncomfortable and it's something that I read as very, you know, masculine, massive air quotes around the concepts and usage <laughs> of word, you know, for want of a better word, um, which is interesting because it's one of those things where it's just like, well, no, everybody's got it. And since I've started HRT, it's interesting where it has just been like the Oh, actually, I don't really care. I quite like having body hair sometimes. Mm. Um, But that took a long time to kind of get to that point. And, yeah, definitely weird kind of in, like... It's very difficult to extract my own feelings about body hair from what's been, you know, beaten into me culturally. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a huge, mm, huge yeah. point to make. Yeah, like, um, a different point of view with being trans is, for me, when I was first working out that, like, I'm transgender, um, I was shaving myself a lot. Um, and it wasn't until, like, a year or so down the track that I was like, shaving is what makes me uncomfortable. Like, that's the dysphoric part for me, is having yeah. to shave. Um, and now it's like, oh, just kind of trim up a little bit like I don't fully shave I don't not shave at all but I'll just trim a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm. I think you're right that it's all it's these things that are beaten into us socially as especially as easily influenced young teens I mean we're all trying to figure out Mm. who we are sexually and that kind of thing so to be able to um yeah it kind of can you can be way more easily influenced and I think um if it's interesting that you said that I forgot the point I was going to make. (laughs) (laughs) But what I was going to say is that it can't, like, I sort of, as I got older, I came into my own with my own body hair because I no longer felt like it was anybody else's business but mine. Yeah. So if I wanted to Mm -hmm. grow out my legs because sometimes I actually like the feeling of that, especially Mm. in winter, Mm -hmm. it's a bit cozy. And then I stopped thinking, you know, oh, I need to, like, shave my legs to impress, you know, this guy or to, like, when I'm going out on a Saturday, I've got to shave my legs. It's like, you know what? I like these babies. I'm going to leave them. Yeah. Like, don't have to go clean shaven all the time. Mm. 
Yeah, it's been interesting for me because, yeah, initially it was like, hey, I'm removing my body hair. This is a social taboo if you're, you know, being read as teenage boy. It's the idea of, like, you know, shaving part of your legs or yeah. mm. literally any anything at all that isn't just shaving your face. And even then, like, everybody looks up to the dude with the the terrible mo when you're 13. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing where it started out as, you know, before I'd realised I had kind of a bit more going on in terms of gender f- feelings, I was just like... Oh, I don't like my leg hair. I want to take my leg hair off. Oh, but then everybody's going to think I'm some kind of, like, you know, people are going to think there's a problem with that. Yep, or so that weird calling your names and pick, yeah. Yeah, there is that weird kind of standard there as well where yeah. it's like the... Social you know, pressures. We demand women mm. remove their body hair and whatever else. And then at the same time, it's just like, what? That guy's got shaved legs. He better be a professional swimmer, or otherwise, yeah, he's complete sissy. double standards. Yeah, we better mm. ride bikes real fast, like something. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's completely fair enough. What do you guys think about? Did it initially improve your sex? Like, I feel like in a, a social situation when we were younger, it was well to me. It was pushed onto me that you know it's it's sexier, you know, to remove your body hair, or it's. And it should give you more sexual confidence. Mm. Have you ever seen an ingrown hair that's not sexy? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely no, no. true. Shaving rash? Mm, yeah. Mm. Really? Never sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that came into play at all? Like the uh, fact that, you know, the social pressures are feeling more confident sexually? There was, there, there was elements of that for me where it was mainly just a... I've kind of gone, hey... I'm definitely bi. Hey, kind of like like it had the slow real. I I realized I was bi well before I realized I had any interest in people with penises. Yeah. Or I was just kind of like really like a lot of trans dudes. They're hot. And then like a year later, oh, probably probably deal with cis dudes. Hey, I'm really into cis dudes with like shaved pubic hair. I should shave my pubic hair. Like there was that element. Yeah. Where it was kind of a confidence boost, but it was very kind of introspective. Okay, like it was that's a, interesting. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, at the same time, it's it's just like, yeah, I'm like, bloody, I don't know how old I was, but it was a, yeah, I'm not sleeping with anyone. Nobody's gonna be seeing my junk. Yeah. <laughs> I just like how this looks. Yeah. So yeah. it became personal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, for me, uh, my hands shake a lot, so I was very good at cutting myself. So that kind of did the opposite effect of, like, doing more stuff, because it's like, well, I can't really, because I've cut myself. Yeah. Mm. That's fair enough. Hmm. All right, it is something interesting, too, because I feel like, yeah... No one's got exactly the same understanding of what standard they're expected to mm. hold their body to. That's what mm. I think. Because it, as a, you know, say as a 14 year old girl, it was never openly. Dis- I never got a spreadsheet being like, mm. all right, 
this is what half of your classmates are doing. This is what the other people are doing. You know, you you take your pick what you want to do. Like, you don't know. Yeah. You're mm. not standing in front of your classmates yeah. naked going like, all right, so what you got going on? All right, maybe I should try that out. Mm. Let's, let's have a, you know, team shave. It doesn't work like that. So there's never quite a cultural understanding of where you, where people, you know, you feel those expectations because maybe um, you were told at school to shave your legs or anything yeah. like that, Kasha. Mm. But, like, there's no one... You know, there is there is a cultural uh, or a social expectation, but not a social norm, mm. I suppose, not laid out to you as a teenager. I think I was just trying to pick it up from friends or whatever and see what they were doing, and that doesn't always match up with um, whatever your partner or whatever is interested in or wants. Um, but I guess there's, you can do it any way you like. Um, that's what we've come to the conclusion of today. Yes, and I think the main point as well is to not tell people what to do or pressure people or say comment I don't know keep it to your like keep your thoughts to yourself if they're not helpful or constructive um but there's all kinds of yeah learn things today um we're gonna go to a song and um if you've got a question around this or anything else or sex or dating or love related we've got a tumblr at the naughty rude show dot com slash ask you can pop an anonymous question in there and we'll do our best to answer it talking about the dance in your pants you're listening to the naughty rude show on sin nation that was hair from hair the musical you can tweet us at Naughty Rude or DM us on Facebook by searching for the new Naughty Rude Show. And now I think Dana's got a quiz for us. I do. We were talking all things hair removal before and social expectations. And Kasha, you said it exactly right before that song that who cares what anybody else thinks? You treat your body how you want to treat it. Love yourself. But for now, I've got a few little questions about hair removal. Okay, guys. It's just quick. There's just four of them. But, true or false, um, laser hair removal can cause irritation, scarring, and skin pigmentation issues. Hmm. True or false? I'm just like, I'm kind of cheating if I answer this, because I've had laser (laughs) hair removal. Share your knowledge there. Pardon? Share your knowledge. Yeah, um... Like, laser hair removal is very common for trans people if you want to remove your facial hair. Yes. Um, it's also... Yeah, you know, I had bruises on my face a couple of times from it. And it can cause... Yeah, can cause some unpleasant stuff. Some I know people who've gotten kind of scabby mm-hmm. reaction on their face. And different body parts, to my understanding, have different levels of risk. Absolutely, um, I agree with that. Yeah, like the face, it's just like, you know, it's got a lot, your face is quite sensitive. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's your leg hair, for example, it's just like, yeah, it doesn't have as much risk attached to it. There's still risk of things being like, oh, yeah, you got some scarring or some, you know, your skin's going to look like scales for the next month. (laughs) You're turning into a lizard. No. (laughs) But it's true. It can cause irritation, scarring, and pigmentary issues as well. Okay, second question. True or false? This is an interesting one. The Brazilian wax is obviously where you remove all of your hair downstairs. Um, The Brazilian wax is thought to be invented, in inverted commas, so to speak, in America and not Brazil. True or false? I feel lied and cheated. <laughs> Is it true or false? America or Brazil? I'm guessing it's true. 
feel, I feel like it's a, like a very marketing campaign thing to do, so I'm going to say true. Yeah, definitely. Yes, uh, it was. Mm. It was. Um, this style is first called was first called the Brazilian Wax by the J Sisters Salon in Manhattan, founded in 1987, which I think was quite late. Hmm. For the yeah. Brazilian to be... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sure it was I'm before sure somebody that. else had yeah. waxed their genitals before. <laughs> Maybe this, an accident. This is the first place to kind of like stick a billboard <laughs> out for it. Uh, yeah, advertising. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> okay, number three. True or false? In Middle Eastern societies, removal of female body hair has been considered proper hygiene. That shot? Mmm. Mmm. 50-50. Potentially. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, I feel like I've read something about this and I can't remember if it is or isn't, or if Mm. I'm just, if I'm, if I'm getting, you know, the the area of the world wrong. Well, it is true, uh, because traditionally Middle Eastern women are quite, um, have quite thick hair, so Mm. it is considered proper hygiene to remove it. Mm. Or thin it out, at least. Um, And the final question, in what time period did the first laser hair removal method hit the market? In the 60s, the 80s, or the 2000s? I want to say 2000s, if Brazilian wax was in the 80s. Yeah, fair enough. Well justified. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna go '60s because the aesthetic. I just want to see some '60s marketing for laser hair removal. (laughs) Evie, you're exactly right. It came out in the 1960s. Laser hair removal did, but the first laser hair removal method, um, when it did hit the the market in the '60s, it was quickly abandoned due to its skin damaging tendencies. So its resurgence sort of came about later on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good quiz. Well played. I hope you've all learnt something. But also plugging, you don't have to do anything you don't want to with your own body hair. You own it out there. Listeners, please. Also plugging our Tumblr if you have a question. Um, Thenaughtyroodshow.tumblr.com slash ask. Send it in. Welcome back to Naughty Rude on Sin Nation. That was SNM Rihanna, a song that gets kind of played a lot on this show because we <laughs> talk about the content a lot. But welcome back. Uh, yeah, so we're going to now throw into talking about kinks, sex toys, and fetishes in relationships. And to start that off, during the break, <laughs> I demonstrated an ad that I saw on Facebook about. Uh, Mooney Pond's Twisted Toys closing down. They're having a 50% off sale, and this ad has this guy that is just playing the awkward character so well, and he's just like, 50% off? We dildos, we got them, they're 50% off! <laughs> and that, that, yeah, so we're going to roll off that and talking about how do you... Uh, Introduce kinks and fetishes and even just a basic sex toy into a relationship, whether it's new or, you know, a couple of months, a couple of years old. Yeah. This was something I was really interested to hear people's thoughts on, just because Mm. I'm like, I can't remember... Like, it's been a very long time since I've been in a relationship where it wasn't just straight up, well, it says I'm an OK Cupid or I'm a... 
tender, like, hey, I'm into weird, kinky shit. If you're also into weird, kinky shit, please hit me up. So that's the point of contact. Is yeah. The, it's actually the initiation kind of fr- is yeah. the, the mutual love of yeah. a certain sex toy or something like that. That's yeah. a great way in. But yeah, it's it's something where I'm like, oh, how... I'm just trying to think of like how I would feel if somebody was just like just brought something to me that I'd l- literally never heard of before, that was completely new to me. Would you be too embarrassed to ask what it was? I see. I think I would really appreciate it just being brought up in casual conversation of just the look. There's something I kind of want to try in you know, in the bedroom, or there's something I really want to try with you, like, this is a thing that's a bit of a kink for me, and, like, I was wondering if that's something that you're open to trying, and I think as long as you're not going in under the assumption that everyone's going to share what you're into, and, you know, kind of an understanding it is okay for you to be, like, oh, oh, cool, I'll just keep that as a fantasy thing, then, like... Yeah, because there is a significant chance that somebody will just be like, no, that's, no, I'm not okay with that at all. But that can also hurt as well if you're rejected by someone. So I've been, like, shut down by asking if we can use lube. Like, if I'm introducing lube, then, like, what the hell? Mm. Then I'm shot by that to a dildo. Like... Lube is, like, the basic thing you need. It is the best invention under the sun! Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah, it's definitely... It has a huge impact people's responses to what you've got mm. to say regarding introducing kinks and fetishes. Mmm. Yeah, it definitely... I feel like so much of it would be informed by the dynamic of your relationship with someone. Mm. Or it's just like, are you people that talk about your sexual sexual stuff all the time? Or is mm-hmm. it a kind of awkward conversation, even though you're sleeping together? Or, yeah. How long have you been in a relationship? Is it like, have you had so much sex that it's kind of become a chore? <laughs> so you need something new. And, and you need the new thing. <laughs> oh, to get to that stage, jeez. <laughs> I feel like if you're comfortable enough to sleep together, hopefully you can discuss this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, just bringing it up, hoping for the best. I, I don't have any good advice, unfortunately. I was sort of, when this topic was introduced, I was like, yes, I would like to know. Yeah, tell I'm me here more. to hear other people's expert opinions. <laughs> Well, if you do have any insights or have any questions, do hit us up on Tumblr. We do have an anonymous line that you can access us on. Ask any questions you want to know at uh, the Naughty Rude Show dot uh, yeah dot com forward slash ask. So we are more than happy to answer all and any of your questions. Anybody else have any more I, advice? I did just have a kind of thought. Think about the extremity of what you're asking for. <laughs> There's a big difference between being like, hey, do you want to, like, try using a sex toy together? And then, you know, hey, I'm really into, like, Hooks. blood. Oh, yeah, Same true. Ballpark. Yeah, zero oh, to um, 100 here. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, there's a difference between being, hey, could you, like, try tying me up sometime? And can you come to this course to learn super high-end shibari? methods with me where mm. I'm going to be asking you to eventually like suspend me from the ceiling like yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah 
kind of introduce things slowly if you're not sure how somebody's going to react, mm. I think is Great an advice. important point. Yeah, see, for me, like, uh, in new relationships or ones a, a little, like, a few weeks old or something, I'm just like, so are you into any kink stuff? And if yes, do you have a fet life? Here's my fet life. Read mine, I'll read yours, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask a question here. What's a fet life? Fet life is a social networking site, like yeah. fetish life. It's just a social networking site. And for, it says all your kinks on it or something. Yeah, for yeah. like yeah. the kink scene. Is it and like a dating site? Uh, kind of. People use it as a dating, dating site. People can get, like, socialise with each other. Yeah. 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 Otherwise it's just kind it's of a, hey, look, here's a Facebook kind of equivalent site, but where I can be like, hey, I did this cool scene the other day and I want to show off bruises or oh, rope okay. stuff. Yeah. Or, um, you know, so you can upload p- pictures too. Yeah. yeah. For some yeah. people it's literally just, this is the Facebook that I show my nudes on. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Like, yeah. So yeah. you're not going to get reported because it's yeah, you're not yeah, get so there's no yeah. reporting it's, happening. It's Fair one enough. of those sites. <laughs> it is pretty broad. It can be yeah, you very... Can, you have to be careful. Of, yeah. 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 You've you got to be careful. You get a lot of weird phone requests from mm. people who are just the most unpleasant-seeming people. Fair enough. Yeah. Be safe online. Yes. Mm. Out there. Woo! <laughs> okay, so do stay tuned. We, you can hit us up on Tumblr, like I said before, the naughty rude show forward slash ask. Ask us anything you want to know, um, and we'll do our best to answer it. Do stay tuned. We have got uh, a segment coming up called Blast from the Past, where um, we're going to be discussing if anybody from your past dating life has hit you up recently and what does it mean. <laughs> uh, but for now, this is SM Airlines by. N-O-F-X. No effects. Oh, no effects. <laughs> Killed it. You're listening to Naughty Rude. We're serious about sex and playful too. Welcome back. You're on the Naughty Rude show on Sin Nation, and that was SM Airlines by No Effects. We always love a good themed tune <laughs> on this show. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely showing off my taste in music with that selection. It's been good. Uh, we've had a bit of a listener statement, not a question. We still welcome statements, though. And they've said that they were introduced to kink through friends, so it started out as a fun bonding thing, and it just came up in super casual conversation, and now they are super well-versed in kink. So I might have, have to see if we can send back a question somehow through the Tumblr. Um, and they're requesting a show dedicated to Kink 101, and they've got some tips for those entering the scene, which was uh, suggest- suggested attending munches and events to get a feel for the scene before going balls deep. <laughs> Take that literally. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were sort of like, what's a mun- like, what are munches? Is it yeah. a typo for lunches? But no. <laughs> oh, yes and no. I think, I think it's a typo a somebody bit. ran with at some point. Like, a munch is uh, kind of just... It's like a meet-up lunch. I see. Um, but it's not always a lunch. I, Melbourne, my experience has been it's mostly, like, drinks at a bar and maybe, like, food food for dinner. Mm. Oh, so it's not um, actually, like, sexual-related? No, it's so sexual it's essentially like, a... Oh. It's, a it's, it's, it's like a meet-up group <laughs> where you just go <laughs> under the understanding that all of the people you're going to meet at this event 
are also into kink. Oh, oh right. okay. And there's very uh, yeah. like there's more specific kind of ones. So like there's there's a big Melbourne under thirty fives one, mm-hmm. and I think that's the same in most Australian capital cities. There's usually an under thirties or under thirty fives group of a certain um, interest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, just just like, in general. Under which 35s. will just be a general one. Oh, okay. But and then, then there'll also be like people who are really into like femdom stuff, where it's a, like dominant female so submissive male straight say, stuff or does anybody want to have a munch <laughs> oh, they're usually organised and again yeah. like you, you can just find them online like where they're just kind of you just google munch and then relevant capital city or mm. you know near, nearby major city and you can literally just okay, find okay so just for context if so if a munch is like just a meetup, it can be of any topic. So if you're into dogs, you yeah. can have a dog munch, like a meetup. Or is I it mean, sexual? you could. You can have a dog munch, but then if you attach the phrase munch, you're going to get a whole bunch of people into pet play showing up. Oh, so it is yeah. sort of like have a sexual connotation to it. Yeah, it's so the you word can itself. meet people that intra- intra- mm. interested yeah. in the kink stuff you're interested in so it without, it, without it being in a, like at a kink club so it doesn't feel as intimidating. Okay, mm. great, awesome. I'm glad we cleared that up because I would have <laughs> used that on the weekend. Do you want to go for brunch? But I've heard this new cool word. Let's go for a munch. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the gals won't rock up. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Um, Kasha, our next topic that we were going to talk about was you had a little anecdote about someone showing up or chatting to you from your past. Yeah, I mean, this happens every so often, but I got a message like, hey, how are you going on Facebook? And I was like, who's this again? No. Um, But sort of opened it up and it was someone from I went on one date with like seven months ago. I was like, this was in 2017. There has been no contact since. Like, no offence. Like, what? You didn't why? even get a happy new year. <laughs> I, they didn't even say, like, yeah, exactly. It was, my birthday was gone, Christmas, <laughs> New Year's, Valentine's Day. Um, but it was kind of like, you know, just a, just a message and it didn't say anything about, you know, like referencing the time past. And I've had that happen before. And I was just wondering, like, what makes people do it? And how do you do it in a sort of socially acceptable way? Do, was it just like a, hey, how are you, without any sort of reference of, oh, it's been forever? Nah, nah. But the, I sort of scrolled up because I, I was thinking, how, what was the last thing I spoke about with this person? And it was a bit of a shutdown for a date. It was like, they're like, oh, do you want to go for a drink? And I was like, I'm just really busy this week. And they were like, that's cool. And I just never replied. Was that your way of politely shutting it down? Yeah. Okay, yeah, mm. fair enough. Hmm. The easy, yeah, I like, like don't it. Don't make me do Polite. it in 2018, please. Yeah. No. But it was, it's, it's kind of nice because you have the whole, oh, how you been? It's literally been seven months. But um, I've had that happen before. I was talking to someone on a dating app and then they send me a Facebook request, like, I don't know, however many months later. But they'd been travelling, I think. So I guess they'd gotten back home and they're like, all right. I'm going to start, gonna start things where all I left of, off. Yeah, all the people I ever talked and to. And take yeah. off. <laughs> Do you guys get that? Um, I've never had anything like that. Um, the weirdest I've had was I'd broken up with this guy and it had been quite a few months, like almost a year, I think. And he just messaged me and he's like, hey, so... I'm moving house at the moment and I found a couple of pairs of your underwear. Do you want them? <laughs> I love that. I remember the story. Return to Santa. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm supportive. <laughs> for me, it's always been axes. Mm. Um, I've had the I've had the um, first time I've chatted with them for like nine months, and we'd been like apart for years at this point. Like we'd both had our own, you know, later relationships, and just out of the blue, it was just like, you know, I don't know if she was dating anyone at the time I'd just gotten out of a long term relationship just like sent me a rela- sent me a message and I was like oh yeah sure I'll chat with you and see how you're going and just eventually skewed it but, like she just steered the direction in of the conversation into um fuck I miss having sex with you <laughs> Ooh, that's where I was just like I haven't seen you in person in about a year and a half we haven't dated for <laughs> nearly four. I think it's also a familiarity thing. I think we all yeah. fall back into that. You know, you the classic. You you break up, and then the next month, you you're not emotionally re- like you don't mm. want to go back to them, but you end up sleeping together anyway. It's that familiarity, that comfort comfortability situation. Mm. So it could be that, or especially after you've been through an, another big breakup. Going back to something you know is always very comfortable. Yeah. Mm. I mean, stupid and dangerous often, but yeah. <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> All right, I've had people just message me out of the blue where I'm just been like, I met you at a gig a year and a half ago. I don't even remember, like, what you look like. Like, you know, where you've had to dig through their Facebook to work out who the hell's like, How do I know you? I, that's what I always get scared about um, whenever someone that you don't expect a message from, I'm like, have they seen me out on the street? Oftentimes they've, like, seen your profile sort of on a dating app and then it sort of... Or I'll get messages being like, hey, I saw you on Tinder or I saw you on Mumble. Like, please don't tell me that. But then it's also ni- nice to know the context of where they exactly why they that's why thought of you, and it's not just you know them in stalking you every day mm. for the past month, and and they've ooh, just they've waited just, until this yeah. moment. Oh, I hope not. It's, I'm definitely gonna say like if you're gonna if you're gonna message somebody, yeah, any tips? That you, a bit out of the blue, just kind of mention why, yeah, like very quickly within a message or two, just kind of the oh, I walked past your house the other day. I was wondering how you're doing, or it was the. Yeah. Excellent oh, example um, ra- of non-stalkish behaviour at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like I run into your, like, the polyamorous stuff, it's always <laughs> the, I run into your partner and it turns out they're dating somebody else that I'm dating and, like, hey, the circle's kind of closing, so. That's <laughs> brilliant. Well, I've had so much of that lately. Um, really? Just, yeah, I've just started dating a new partner. Um, she goes to Swinburne and... There's a queer department there, and she'll be talking about me. Be like, "Oh, Abby, yeah, I matched with them on Tinder." <laughs> and it'd be like four Does that months make you ago. Feel uncomfortable that like those social circles become so small. Not really, because queer circles are already pretty small. Yeah. It's more like a funny thing than that's always Tinder. <laughs> okay. Like it's not like oh yeah, like I've seen them in a group somewhere. It's matched with on Tinder four like, months ago, made a joke about a milkshake. Maybe you I just memorable Tinder profile. You've got your radius quite high, so, like, everyone... I don't know. I, I don't know. That could be a good thing. Yeah, I was going to say, babe, I'm pretty sure you've, like, matched with about a quarter of the state on Tinder. <laughs> the way that you wow, use Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I've, I've gone on a little board with Tinder at the moment, so I just swipe everyone and just be like... What weird messages do I get that I can screenshot and show people? 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, Victim one system. One of my favourite Instagram accounts is the at text from your ex, which um, is basically what we were just talking about, people hitting up their exes. But these are sort of more relationship ones. And it's just, you know, some of them are, most of them are sort of take place between 2am to 4am, you know, when everyone's kind of lonely. Um, but some of them are pretty good and savage. The shutdowns are savage. <laughs> so do we have any advice? If, if you're hitting up a, a partner from the past, maybe just give some context as to why. Yeah, yeah. Using an why in-joke is good as well. Like, oh, you know, I heard this song and it, I, I don't know, it made, like, you know, talk about something that you once talked about. That's what I thought, because I'm sort of guilty of this as well. If I see something that makes me think of a person and that's why I contacted them, I'll usually say that. Yeah, rather than straight in with, like, Evie's experience. Oh, I miss having sex with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, not straight in yeah, with that. Like, like we want, you straight, know, straight into descriptions of my genitals. Save it for the mm. second message. That was Fix You by Coldplay and Don't Leave by Snake Ships and M.O. You're listening to The Naughty Root Show on Sin Nation. And we're going on to our next segment, which is how to bail on terrible dates or if there's just... Kind of, there's no connection there. Mm, no yeah. vibes. No vibes, yeah. no chemistry. Nothing a time worse. Waster. Yeah, um, because we initially were talking about terrible dates. And then I was like, you know, terrible dates, if you've got a story to tell after the date, it's not terrible, it's content. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if it's sort of just like a bit so-so, a bit average, and you're both not feeling it, that's I reckon that's the worst. That's when you feel like your time's been wasted. Um, and... How do you get out of that situation without... Because, you know, there's nothing I'd want less to be than to be rude. Um, So I often just sit there. Even if I'm not having a good time, the other person is probably not having a good time. They're, like, not getting my jokes or whatever. (laughs) Just, you know, it's just not in sync. Um, But I will usually just sit there until they make an excuse to leave. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Cool. (laughs) Which just start sabotaging the date. Yeah. In what way it's would you do like, that? <laughs> well, sometimes I'd be like, oh, oh. Like, oh I'm not enjoying this. I'm going to make sure you're not <laughs> going to enjoy it. Oh, I thought either. you were saying that to the date. Okay, I thought you were saying, I'm not enjoying this. I feel like that would oh. sabotage the date. <laughs> yeah, you could just say straight up, like, yeah. this isn't working. Yeah. See ya, leave. Because I reckon I'd be... I'm not very good at bailing on bad dates because I'll just sit there and talk and talk and talk mm. until the cows come home yep. and just yep. ask mm. them about themselves. I'd be bored, bat, like, shitless, but <laughs> if I use... Like, people love talking about themselves. Mm. Yeah. If you just keep firing questions at them, well, then you just go and then, you know, have too many red wines and then, you know, yeah, then I'm having a great time because I'm <laughs> drinking red wine. So, really... <laughs> Win-win, but I will sit there all night. So I'm not very good at giving advice for leaving a, a no-vibe date. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, whenever I've had, like, no-vibe dates, I've just kind of been like, it's either I've been in a situation where I didn't have much money and I was just like, yeah, but they might buy me some food. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's been no vibes kind of day. <laughs> or it's just kind of been all things where I'm like, yeah, but I'm happy to just let this slowly transform into just like 
I'm chilling and there happens to be a person talking at me from across <laughs> or, the table I just I'm want lazy. A quick fix. Go to somewhere that has... A couple of weeks ago I had an interview... Um, I did an interview on another show here on uh, Sin Nation called Artsmin and they are on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> we interviewed a performer and she's got a show coming up and she said that her quick fix, if it, the, bait, the date was going terribly or something, there was no chemistry or vibe, she'd always go to this one bar that had a ping pong table and I think the same thing would Ooh. go if they had a billiards table or a pool table. Go do something. Mm. Go have a date where you're doing something so that mm. you're not, you know, staring into each other's eyes on the first date. Yeah. Because that can get hella awkward. So doing something, because then you can also create memories and have, even if it's just going to be a one-off <laughs> date and you're never going to see them again, being occupied can make generate conversation about other things. You don't have to be talking about, oh, why are you still single? Tell me about <laughs> your past relationship. Like they do on Love Island. So... Um, <laughs> So then if you're playing pool or something, then you can be like, oh, yeah, that's a great shot. Whoa, check out your angles. You've got a geometry. Woo! You know, Mm. like compliments and that kind of thing. I do want to interject, though, because I've been on activity first dates. And, you know, the first date, I'm like, wow, that was great. Second date, when you're actually faced with each other's company, you're like, oh, no. (laughs) We don't get along. And the art gallery all the activity. when I was, like, hiking with you. (laughs) Yeah, well, not hiking. No one, I don't think that's, that would just be hours of silence with me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Really attractive. But um, my top tips yes. would be to have an excuse already. So, and one that's sort of believable, like, you know, I've got work tomorrow morning. I always say that. People are like, wow, you work so much. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Four <laughs> hours a not. week. But it just happens to be every time I have a date with yeah. you. <laughs> but also something that's easily, you know, cancelled in case you do want to stay there longer. Um, mm. And also... Picking an activity, for example, I wouldn't go somewhere that I had to, you know, be there for three hours. Like, um, I've always, I want to go on a date to the um, mini golf bar in the city, but then I'm like, oh, what? I don't want to go there if I can't even finish a game. Like, I don't want to be there if we don't get along. You still have to get to the 18th hole or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's commitment. Yeah, don't, or rock climbing. I was like, yeah, but what if I can't even make it to the top and back without, you know... You have to go on, like, training dates with friends. Yeah, 100%. And then you can, like, impress someone with your strength. Oh, climbing. that as well, yeah. But, I mean, a coffee date and a, or a drink date, you can sort of leave quite yeah, easily. Yeah, very true. If you're, if you're not. But I, the only thing I've ever done, like, sort of, like, in the movies where, you know, call a friend to get out, my friends wouldn't even call me I had to be like oh there's a friend emergency and then I left mm. and it yeah, was, good it idea. was not climactic yeah. at all it was just and I just felt really bad for lying but you know what at least I got to leave so it was fine have you guys had any bad experiences bad dates um Abby or no, not so much like I, I tend to play mine in a weird way where it's like oh we'll meet at Flinders Street and then we'll walk to a place for coffee Mm, without planning where to go so then all the awkward like starting small talk is all done while walking so you don't have to deal with the awkward eye contact like at first Ah, strategic I like it Um, and then sometimes it'll be like oh hey the, all the coffee places are closed. Oh, but now, okay, well, let's go to a bar. Like, it, Yeah, do you know any good bars around here? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I've kind of done similar a lot, especially when I first started using, like, dating sites. It was mm. always just the, 
I used to live quite a while out of the city, and so it was always just, hey, I live somewhere that is probably not somewhere you ever want to go, so would you like to meet me at Flinders Street Station, and then we'll like just head somewhere from there. And if you, oh, if you can tell straight away there's no vibe, you'd be like, Fed Square's lovely. Flinders Street is lovely. Well, it was nice meeting you. We got to, we got the full <laughs> Melbourne experience. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> no, see, it's I just don't like, like worst that. case, just like hail a cab and then just disappear into the distance. <laughs> Get on a tram. There's, there's so many... Jump ba- yeah. tram as it leaves. It's a public transport hub, Fed Square. It's, you're covered. <laughs> but I don't like that not knowing... Like, I like having a, a venue plan because I don't like that awkward conversation. Oh, where are we going to go? Because mm. to be honest, all my mates, if we ever say, even if it's my mates, we're not even going on a date. It's a breakfast brunch after mm. a Friday night out. Where are we going to go? No one can decide. Mm. Yes. So that is my yeah. like, worst nightmare, us going, oh, um, where do you want to go? Oh, did, um, no, no, I'm <laughs> leaving. But the <laughs> worst is... If they're like, oh, I know a place. I'm like, cool. I'm going to get to know a new place. And then they pick a place that, like, I don't want to go to. And it's sort of... But um, that that's probably... Yeah. I'm just thinking of specific times where, where I was like, thank you for choosing this place. I know that I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've had the, um, the experience before of the, oh, I know a place. And, oh, where? And then, like, in the back of your head, it's just the... I've been there. It's nothing special. <laughs> what do you want about? So you're already judging them from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we did... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we did yeah. have a message in on Facebook. Cool. Um, Amy was talking... Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. Just look up The Naughty Rude Show. Or you can message in on Tumblr, thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward, flash, forward slash ask. Amy did message in regarding our topic on grooming earlier and she said, I've been getting my nails professionally done since I was 11 and love a cheeky blow wave, as in the hair. Uh, <laughs> always feel like, that's better being groomed. So that's fair. completely fair enough. It makes you feel better about yourself. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's all yeah. about you treating you. You do you. Yeah, and getting your nails done is relaxing. I'm like... Yeah, just, it feels I, so I like pretty it, yeah. yeah, I getting, like just kind of sitting there, like idly, just like filing my nails, sort of thing. It's like yeah. really therapeutic, mm. like an activity, like mindless sort of yeah, mind numbing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it can be a ritual by itself. You know, the oh, once a month, got to go get mm. nails done. Or, yeah, personal oh, pampering. Kind of bored. I'm going to sit down and do do my nails. Yeah. yeah, or massages that kind of thing. Even mine's getting my hair done. I don't do it often enough, mm. but when I do get it done. You get the full shebang. Yes. yes. I did it recently and I was like, I get to sit here for four hours? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. It's like ignoring my email no- notifications, ignoring everything. People are like, are you coming? I'm like, Shh. Just trashy mags, <laughs> me and my hairdresser. Yeah, I love it. Love it. All right, well, do keep listening. We have got you for just under an hour still. Uh, you're on the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation, but next up we do we will be chatting to our resident couple in the studio about moving in together, Evie, Evie and Abby. But do stick around for that. For now, I will survive. I will survive by Gloria Gaynor. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show. Hey. <laughs> Hello, I am Evie. This is Abby. Hi. <laughs> yeah, we are thinking of moving in together for the first time formally. 
and it's it's kind of a weird situation because it's just like we've both lived together before. Were you housemates mm. previously? Yeah, well, sort kind of. of. Because it's been the, oh, we're getting kicked out of our old place. I need somewhere to live for a couple of weeks until yeah. I can find a new place because neither of us make enough money to just go get a hotel for a few weeks or whatever the mm, hell yeah, people are enough. supposed to do in that situation. <laughs> I, I don't I actually don't understand what you're supposed to do if doing that situation. Uh, yeah. just, so you I don't crash know. on each other's couch. Yep. Yeah. Been there, so done that. Yeah, we've done that, and yeah, it's just like, what do we do when it's actually? Let's have separate rooms because we both own too much stuff. <laughs> mm. and, and do you want to explain your relationship status yeah. so that we can unpack um, that a bit? Yeah, we've been together for a year and a half. Oh, what was it? Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, um, it's a pretty easy one to work out because it was... Uh, the 1st of January. <laughs> yeah, it's not so the 31st as I thought it was. The start of dating. <laughs> oh, brilliant. What a way to start the New Year. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, um, I was at a New Year's party and I didn't really feel that comfortable and I've been chatting to Evie a little bit. And invited her along, and it was the first time we met in person. Yeah. And we basically, uh, like, we chatted on Facebook a little bit, but we um we got along really well. And a year and a half later, we're still dating. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, but we're also polyamorous, so we both have other partners, and that kind of complicates the whole moving in together with mm. a partner thing because it's like, yeah, but. I have other partners who I'd also quite happily move in with and that can be a very awkward thing to kind of communicate where it's just the, look, we're moving into it together because it works out well for career stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of getting that across in a way where it's just like, look, I trust you and I know that you're going to understand this, but also, like, I don't want you to feel like, you know, that's that's an interesting layer as well. As in having conversations with other partners? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it has been interesting because we are still planning stuff and trying to work out how stuff's yeah. going to work. Have you two had that? I don't want to, like, you don't have to speak about anything you don't want to talk about, but have you had conversations with each other about how that would work with other partners coming over yeah. and visiting yeah. and that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, and it's something we'd kind of navigated when we have been, like, yeah. living with each other in the past, where yeah. it's been a... Like, especially... Because that's just kind of been, this is one of our house, and the other person is staying here for a few weeks. Yeah. And it's kind of been a, well, you want to have a partner over, so I'm going to go stay at my mum's. Mm. Or it's, you know, I want to have another partner over, and you can go stay at another one of your partner's house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just a communication channel that needs yeah, to be open. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, that's really important in polyamory anyway, it, so it's like it's something that's at this point is quite well practised for the both of us, I think. Okay. Maybe yeah. a Google calendar for like a schedule of who's coming <laughs> over when, colour coding, like time, exit and entrance, like... <laughs> Uh, my, I feel like my current house has been a good practice for that because we've just got this ongoing Facebook group chat mm. and it gets pretty ridiculous because it's, uh, several of my housemates are the kinds of people that update everybody on the tiniest thing. Or it's just the, hey, I'm making this for dinner tonight. It's like, 
What do, do you mean? Like you want to make it for everyone? For everyone? No, 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 I'm just <laughs> no, making no, it for just me. Just rubbing it in your face. Want you to know, like <laughs> that, that the kitchen is going to be occupied at some point. It's just like a like cool. Thanks for letting me know. So it's all need, about communication, yeah. you see. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to narrow it down to necessary communication. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, you know. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, nonsense. look, I know what too much is. <laughs> Are you guys excited about it? The prospect yes. of moving in together? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. um, like, we're both really into cars and that's the kind of jobs we're looking for is um, mechanic apprenticeship sort of yeah. thing. So it means we can finally have the kind of opportunity to work on a project together yeah. oh, um, which is yeah. like something we've been planning set up a workspace like actually go out and be like let's look for a place that has a studio kind of space that Abby can use mm. and then you know where we've got a garage yep. where we can keep tools and everything and you know all of those parts of it are really really nice and easy and something that's easy to work out it's just the there is just that, that little bit of just, like, oh, but after six months, am I going to just, like, want you to just go go take a holiday for a week? <laughs> yeah, where that is very difficult to predict. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, in the long term, how it would feel. Is that the concerns that you have? Or the... Yeah. yeah. Oh, to an extent, I think. It's not, it's not a big... Yeah, you both concern. seem very comfortable about it. Yeah, I would, yeah it's like because we've had the experiences in the past, like mm. um, like a little over a year ago when like um like I was homeless for quite a bit um and stayed at Evie's for like a couple of months, so yeah. we got that kind of like we adapted to that quite well. Yeah. So then when it came to later when Evie had to stay at mine just things felt a lot easier um and i think that probably moving in together that will be easier, easier because we've had those multiple yeah. experiences mm. so it's kind of slow build up and now it's just it can mm. fall back yeah. into place like it yeah. was really and this time around we'll have our own separate rooms so yeah. we'll have that easy way to escape like if we do need a long time we can just go to our room instead of being like hey i'm gonna go for a drive yeah, mm. you've your own safe space, that's, I guess. Yeah. That's something I've kind of wanted to beat over, like, the heads of a lot of monogamous couples that <laughs> I'm close friends with and that I adore. That's a And who have moved point. in together mm. and been like, oh, so we've got to have one room together because we're a monogamous couple. <gasps> and so, I've like, just had a revelation. That is such a good room. point. And it's just like, <laughs> no, do you need two rooms? You both have a lot of stuff. Mm. Is this a house where you're going to be able to, you know, make your own space in the living room or in, yeah, in the kitchen or in some other space? Or do you actually need a separate room? Even if you sleep in the same bed half the time, where you can just be like, look, I want to sleep on my own tonight and get a better night's sleep. I'm going to go sleep in that room. Like, that's a really important thing, I think. I'm just thinking mm. in terms of rent, like, living as a couple seems cheaper. I'm like, you guys split it. Cool. Like, so that would mean money saving. Would be mm. why couples probably have one room. Otherwise, you have to pay double yeah. or ne- yeah. you know, nearly double. Yeah, it's that's. I can definitely understand people who mm. move in together because they're like, yeah, if we're both in the same room, we could pay less rent. Yeah, that's my mm. thing. But if it's gonna like, save your mental health or something yeah. like that, having your own. You've actually just blown yeah. my mind there, Evie. Like I've never <laughs> even 
considered that as a possibility. If it's, you move in with someone as a couple, you move, you've just changed my world. I'll not lie. Like, it's like even if it's just a house with a study, and one of you just takes just the study for everything but your bed. Yeah. 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 And it's just the this is my room that I go to to use your the sacred space in a way. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes, um, I love that. I'm taking away something from the show. Well, one of many things. Yeah, it's it's something I learned from a couple I lived with. Yes, as in they Who, shared a room. They shared a room, but they had very, very carefully kind of delegated out. Yeah, but if I want to just have alone time, this is where I'm going to go. If I want to just have alone time, this is where I'm going to go. And yeah. That was something that they discussed and kind of laid out beforehand. And it's something that I was really glad to learn from. Oh, completely. That's I think it's very clever. Very self-aware as well. Mm-hmm. Very self-aware. Um, like they live in a, uh, they lived in a studio apartment together for a bit. I'm just like, yeah, that's something you really need to appreciate how mm-hmm. each other work before you live in a bloody mm-hmm. studio yeah, apartment no together, walls especially open. when you don't no work the same hours. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if you've lived with a partner or you're considering it or bit scared um, and you want to share your thoughts, hit us up on Tumblr at the thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com slash ask and tell us all about it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show. You're with Dana, Kasha, Evie and Abby here on Sin Nation. And that was You Can't Move Into My House by Frenzel Rom. <laughs> uh, do look up the recovery version of that if yeah. you are into terrible 90s punk music because recovery being an ABC show... They weren't allowed to swear, so ah. they kind of took it in an interesting direction. Yeah, so you have to cut out all the lyrics ever in that little banger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking before that song about uh, just moving into someone and when is the right time. Uh, Evie and Abby are planning on moving together, uh, moving in together sometime in the near future, and that does lead us on to our next little topic that we're going to be talking about when you enter a relationship, uh, you do kind of assume you have your own identity and you assume a couple identity as well because, you know, you might be spending a lot of time together and how you go about sort of retaining your own identity in a relationship. Have any of you guys had that experience where, or even looking upon couples of friends, friends who are in couples and how they've, you know, they kind of maybe either lose their identity or they how they maintain their identity in a relationship Mm. Mm. it's an interesting thing with especially a lot of people I knew in high school kind of getting out of high school like when you're 19, 20 first starting your like kind of first like concrete long term relationships I know a lot of people who are now 25, 26 and it's the same relationship and literally since that relationship started, I've never seen, you know, whoever I was friends with without their partner now. Yeah. And that's an interesting one because it's... I'm just like, I can get why that happens. Where it's just like, it is very easy to just become codependent with one partner because, like socially things are kind of set up to benefit that where it's just the yeah it's cheaper to live together and you know you can just you, you've always got your fallback person that you know is gonna want to go do things with you and 
you know, and then you can follow that pipeline of here is your engagement, and then your wedding, and then your monogamous relationship, and then you have children, and you get a mortgage together. Yeah, but I find that also seeing it from an outsider's perspective on friends of mine who've um, entered into relationships, and they, as much as I appreciate that they want to spend all their time with their partner, I had an experience recently where um, it was one of my best friends, and he got in a relationship, and... We went out for brunch and I thought it was just me and him catching up like old times, you know, he's one of my best mates, we tell each other everything and his partner came along and that's that's Ooh. fine, that's fine, mm. but not if it happens three times in a row, it's not yeah. not if you don't message me and tell me that that's occurring, like, yeah, he's still, like, yes. I love his partner to bits, but he's still my friend mm. who I want to yeah, have, like, you know, friendship time with, it yeah, doesn't, yeah. I don't want to be a plus one on you need your to date that I organised. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and that's that's a really tricky one because it does turn into a. You know, do I want to be in a friendship with somebody who is so totally invested in this one person that they don't seem to want to maintain? It can get this sticky, extending? can't it? Because mm. then I did approach yeah. him and had a conversation with him about it, and he got you know defensive about it, whereas mm. I thought that I was just being open and communicative and. Yeah. So it can get a little bit sticky and you don't want to offend the partner saying that you don't want them there or if it's situational, that kind of thing, you don't... Yeah, you don't want to step on toes too much Mm. and Mm. push them away sort of further into that relationship and further away from you as a friend. Yeah, I've always found it interesting with um, hobbies particularly, how they can kind of either coalesce and be this very good thing in a relationship that's shared... But they can also be a really good opportunity to go have yeah. your more individual thing. Completely. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of my bandmates, I really admire the way him and his wife kind of conduct their relationship, where it's they're both really into music, um, but Toff is way into music. Toff is a lead singer in a band that's been together for years, and he plays bass in another band, and he He's a sound engineer <laughs> for a living, and that's his big thing. And Joe, for the most part, his wife, you know, it's something she's passionate about, but a lot of the time she's just like, yeah, but I'm going to go out with my friends. You can go to the gig. Yeah. You mm. need to go have Mutual your alone time because yeah. Top is the kind of person that will be like, he won't give himself alone time unless... Joe's like, no, you need to go have the you time. I need to go yeah. have my me time. So understanding mm. each other's needs in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel also like there's that whole thing of someone just becoming, you know, such and such as boyfriend or girlfriend. And like, so I've started trying to change the way that I introduce people, like my partners to people. I'll be like, you know this is such and such they are my partner instead of being this is my partner such and such because by introducing their name first that's the thing that tends to stick more in someone's brain Mm. that's very interesting I think that's important yeah Mm. words are really important I think Um, and that probably might have an impact I guess and and I I feel bad whenever I you know I'm speaking well you think back on how you when you're having a conversation with someone you're like 
blah blah's boyfriend or partner or mm. whatever and it's like I could have used their name yes. like I probably they, you yeah. know they have a name as well but I guess yeah. it's easier in a friendship group that doesn't know everyone's names and stuff like that um, but it's yeah. a tough one I feel like it comes from media as well like you see it in like a lot of media like a famous person's boyfriend famous mm. person's girlfriend because their name isn't as well known even though they're a famous person's partner or such like they could just be like I kind of like I can't even think of an example yeah, I don't read the newspaper that much but it's like you know such and such who happens to be this famous person's yeah, who partner happens to be is a good mm. phrase yeah or even in um, so, uh, societal expectations of like inviting plus ones to weddings or anything like mm. that I mean, you know you can bring a plus one but that and when you or at a wedding when you got the singles table and how that's you know looked down upon and you have to have to set you up with that you know with someone at the singles yeah. table that's the fun table yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the free table no uh, um I've definitely appreciated um different pe- group people I know through the kind of punk scene um who got married a while ago now I know that the way they did their wedding was they had a plus ask yeah, bring whoever you want. Just ask. Mm-hmm. If you want to bring three people, that's a really good idea. Ask mm. us if we've got room for three people. If you want to bring your partner, that's bring a much your more partner. open way of doing it. If you it. want to bring yeah. your sister because you're trying to set her up with someone, <laughs> ask us. Or you want to bring a couple of partners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to bring yeah. your three partners and then one of your partner's partners, ask us. Yeah, yeah like that was kind of how they approached mm. it. But then all these people are asking, they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was just kind of a, yep, we can only afford 100 meals. Yeah, 100. And also, like, there's a lot of people at the scene beef going on with seemed to be part of the implication. Yeah, fair mm. enough. Scene beef. What about maintaining, apart from, like, hobbies, um, like you were mentioning, Evie, maintaining your own sense of identity? I think it's important to have your own space like we were talking about in the previous segment maybe having your own space in in a house or your own yeah. whether it is a study or a room having your own space away from your partner or having your own hobbies or having certain downtime yeah mm. and it's one of those things where it's like as much as i'm not a big fan of the very strict like oh, i'm going out with the boys tonight yeah, <laughs> yeah or oh we're gonna have a ladies night yeah i'm yeah. just like <laughs> Yeah, that kind of gender segregated stuff kind of robs me the wrong way. But the idea of having, you know, a night out a with your friend, pals, a, really. a night out yeah. with your friends, yeah. where you know that's just to go be yourself, yeah, you know, away external from external relationship, yeah. and to where you don't just kind of fixate on. Oh, so here's all of my plans with my partner and mm. all of these things I'm going to be doing with my partner and <laughs> like here's what my children are doing who I had with my partner. <laughs> <laughs> I guess and when it comes to breakup time, which you know just just to be real, everyone's sort of yeah. looking at me agape. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes people break up and then if you've been spending all this time with your partner and you've neglected I've been in this situation where you don't see the friend for however long they've been in the relationship and all of a sudden they're sort of like, Hey, you wanna hang out? And then and you kind of know why. But obviously you like I when this has happened, you welcome the friend back. You're like, You were blinded by love. <laughs> I understand. Um but 
Yeah, it's always a tough one to balance friendships and relationships. Um, because I guess in we're sort of taught to believe or society or whatever, um, that your relate your your relationship with your partner is above the relationship with your friends, which is... Well, you end up spending more time with them regardless. Yeah, but, like, that you should put your life partner or your, whoever your partner is, whatever, first, which is kind of interesting. I've had I've seen some, a few opinions out there that say, like, that's not how it should be. Um, but just fun ideas to throw out there. Mm. No, I agree with that. It's, like, we do end up spending probably more time with a partner, but then... If, if I look back in my past breakups, it's been those friends who have consistently been there for me. So mm. now since um, a certain breakup that I did have that was pr- particularly bad, I do hold those friends in higher stead and know how I treated them and have made an effort not to go about the same way and neglect them. Yeah. So I think it's important that we all sort of learn from this and learn from each other's experiences that we sort of move forward and mm. put friends first too. Yeah, we've got so many life, um, well, life, life lessons <laughs> in the show today. Yeah. Exactly. Always going to end on a, on a nice little message. Um, but we're going to go, if you're questioning your identity um, within your relationship, we've got a good song by The Who. It's Who Are You? I hope it helps. <laughs> uh, this is Sin Nation, The Naughty Root Show. Ooh, yeah. Welcome back to The Naughty Root Show. With Dana Kasha, Evie and Abby, that is currently just finishing up Boyfriend by Screaming Females and before that we had Who Are You by The Who. Uh, we've had a couple of Tumblr questions come in, one saying, I'm a little a uh, bit sexually confused, I identify as bisexual but I seem to lean towards a certain gender, is that okay? Sometimes it fluctuates too, is it okay to feel like your gender leanings are more on a spectrum than set in stone. Evie, um, do you have any response to this one? Yeah, like, <laughs> as the resident bisexual. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, to... I, I kind of had the same conflict when I was probably 14 through to 15, 16, when I was just like, I think I'm bisexual. But... I'm way more into girls than I'm into guys, and I didn't have a particular concept of, like, non-binary identities at the time, and a lot of it was just the, oh, I'm really into, like, androgyny and kind of, like, gender non-conformity, but, like, am I just into that? And then, like, I'm not into, like, guys, and I don't know, and, yeah, ultimately through that, I kind of just needed somebody to just come tell me, like, you're still bisexual if you, if you, if that's what you want to describe yourself as because yeah like bisexuals pretty much just like I'm attracted to people whose gender is the same as me and whose gender is something yeah isn't the same as mine like that's mm-hmm. kind of how I define it for so myself m- more attracted to a personality rather than yeah, it's there's still gendered things that I'm very attracted to. Yeah. Like, somebody's mm. gender plays a large part of why I'm attracted to them a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, I'm into, for the most part, I'm really into trans people, for example, because I've got that common experience. Yeah. And, you know, that's... 
doesn't mean like I'm less bisexual because the majority of people I'm into are, are other trans feminine people. It just means like, there's something else that I'm into. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I think you had similar feelings on this, Abby. Yeah, for me, um, like I originally identified as bisexual. Um, I now identify as pansexual because the word works more for me. But would you just be able to describe to our um, listeners who don't know? Oh, they're very similar, bisexual and pansexual. Um, like for me, in the definition, um, pansexual is like you're attracted to people that are of your own gender identity and not of but not every single gender identity that isn't your one yes okay um for me and also it, for some people it's you're attracted to people that are of like multiple gender identities but not your own okay yeah some people define pansexual as like gender doesn't play a role in mm. how i'm attracted to people like yeah yeah, it's one of those things where it's just ultimately use the words that describe you and that make you feel the happiest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's plenty of people who, you know, self-describe as straight and it's just like, you know, and then like if it was, you know, the Kinsey scale kind of concept of like a one's totally straight, a seven's completely gay, it's just like, yeah, you're actually about a three. Mm. You just describe yourself as straight because yeah, that works for you. You're more likely yeah, to be yeah. in straight relationships, and you don't feel any overwhelming compulsion to identify yourself as bisexual. Yeah. Whereas somebody yeah. else in that situation might just be like, "Yeah, I'm bi." Somebody else in that, you know, same perspective might be like, "Yeah, I'm gay," or mm. "I'm pan," or "I don't like labels." Yeah. You know, however, you identify yourself, like that's just for you. That's very true. It's not for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not... You know, if you're uncomfortable with the label, find a new one. Yep. Throw it away. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need it. That's very true. That's like any relationship, too. If you don't... The labels are just... Yeah, yeah. It's very societally driven. You don't need them as such. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. um, Like, with all that... um, like, from when I was 15 all the way to around 20 or so, like, I was using so many different labels and so confused as, does this label actually apply to me? Because, like, I had a lot of stuff, which now, looking back at it, I know it's trauma-based of being like, you know, oh, I don't want to be in relationships with people like this because there was trauma tied in on that and then there were times where I was like oh maybe I'm asexual which I know is definitely not the case <laughs> um, so it's like as we were just saying it's like it's all for you like the word that you choose to use if it's a word that you've made up like a completely different thing that nobody else uses that's okay because it's your identity very well said I, yeah I love that um, making up your own sort of... Mm. I think that's lovely as well. Yeah. Um, and we've got a new question on Tumblr. It's, uh, how do you adjust to your partner bringing in a new partner? Any advice for new poly people? Do your partners know each other? 
And I feel like this is a question again for me and Evie. Yes, <laughs> we're the poly people here. Um, oh. It's actually quite relevant because I've like started dating a new partner quite recently. Like uh, we've been together for just over a month officially. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's like uh, like for me and Evie, we will do the thing of like, oh yeah, I'm going on a date on this day. Um, it's like, oh, cool, have fun. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, oh, that went well, I've got on another date. Oh, sweet, have fun. And eventually it's, hey, this is my new partner. You're both in a situation where you've got to meet each other. So yeah. So meet each other. Do you ever ask your new partners or your existing partners if it's okay if you go on another date? Or is that... Already it's, a mutual agreement that yeah, it's, it's fine kind of anyway. Something I've always yeah. gone into, like yeah, within the framework of like polyamorous relationships, it's just always been I'm straight up front. Mm. Hey, I'm polyamorous. This is what I want from my relationships. Like yeah, yeah I don't tend to if I'm asking somebody out. I usually I'm not going to do that unless I already know they're polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Like people do try and bring them, like open up their monogamous relationships sometimes, and yeah, if you can do that, like power to you. But changing the terms that the relationship was kind of started on is going to be very difficult. So it gets a little bit more. Yeah, messy. and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it's an existing couple that then brings in a third, can get messy if the original couple breaks up but still stays connected with the third. I've seen it happen in the past with friends and it's very messy and is not good for the mental health of any of them. So you do have to kind of play like like if you have a mutual partner, if you break up, like that's why a lot of poly people kind of don't like the term of using triad because it implies that together all the time. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's like it's it's an interesting thing too because it's kind of the like you know the do your do your partners know each other was one of the questions asked and it's mm. just a yeah yeah you know, I know all of Abby's partners that are regular and mm. you know all of my partners that are regular but we've had hookups yeah it's just like hey this is this person yeah and it's like oh I vaguely recognise that name and that's about it um. And that's something that you kind of need to determine between individual partners, where it's kind of a, you know, I'm somebody who likes all of my partners to know who all of my other partners are. Mm. Yeah, that that's to be fair. a thing that's communicated. Yeah, especially if it's somebody who is... Yeah, if I'm going to start dating somebody who is new to the whole thing, it's kind of like the, hey... Here's a first date. It's also pretty much le- like a, a class. <laughs> Here's how I conduct my relationships. Yeah. Is that something that you're into or is that something you want to stay far away from? Yeah, so it's just a communication thing really then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like just like you communicate like so much stuff in polyamory anyway where it's just like, hey, yeah, I'm not going to be available on this day because I'm at you know, one of my partner's places or I'm going on a date. Um, you know, if you need me urgently, you can contact me. But 
like you know, in that idea, and then like with the new person in polyamory, um, like my newest partner is quite re- like very recently in with polyamory, so it's been quite hard with them like working out like is jealousy okay? And it's like people that say that jealousy is really bad in polyamory don't understand how relationships properly work like you're allowed to be jealous like that's how humans work like yeah it's very valid to be jealous it's, and that's that yeah, comes in with communicating it's you in control of your jealousy and are you communicating your jealousy mm. because there's a difference between being hey yeah i'm jealous of your relationship because it's cute and i'm jealous of your relationship so i'm going to sabotage it <laughs> yeah. mm. person. opposite ends of the scale there aren't they <laughs> yeah. yes um, well, like, yeah. that's all we have time for tonight on the Naughty Rude Show. Thank you, Kasha, Evie, and Abby, for joining me. No problem. <laughs> I mean, we all Thank kind you. of co-hosting together. <laughs> that sounds like I was conducting an interview just now. Um, <laughs> but you can catch up on Omni, Spotify, and iTunes, or sin.org.au. If you did miss anything, you can catch up on the Naughty Rude Show podcast. Um, if you want to set up questions for us or have anything that you want to chat to us about that we can respond to in our next show, which will be the same time next week at 8 o'clock, you can find us on the thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask or hit us up on the Naughty Rude Show on Facebook. Um, I think that's all we need to say today, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for listening. And do tune in from 8 till 10 next Sunday. Scandalous.